Would you open your Bibles, please, to uh, Romans uh, chapter uh, 10? And this will stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning. going to read uh, verse 14 through 16. If you um, follow me, um, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? Now the message that, I, that the Lord lay in my heart to bring it to you this morning uh, I entitled it, The Good, The Sad, and The Lamentable in Church Planting. Church planting is a beautiful uh, thing that I have experienced by the grace of God in my life. And I'm praying for 70 men that maybe will follow my steps. And we already have some, some men already being trained and some men already being uh, use of God in our area, and we are hoping that the Lord would move all their hearts to follow. Let me pray so the Lord will bless this time together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God and the, this wonderful uh, time of meditating in the Word of God. Thank you for this place, Lord, uh, for the college, for West Coast Baptist College. Lancaster Baptist Church, my home church. And thank you, Lord, for what you have done and continue doing in this place. Pray for our pastor as he's away and Dr. Gage and all the faculty uh, serving in this place. I pray that you bless them. I pray, Lord, that you uh, bless this message, open our hearts, and help us uh, to have um, sensitive uh, uh, hearing for the voice of the Spirit of God speaking. I pray that you bless us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The good, the sad, and the lamentable in church planting. You know, I commend uh, the leadership of West Coast Baptist College for the emphasis of church planting. Besides the church, there is no other institution more appropriate to teach about this object than a college where young people are trained to fulfill the great commission of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that our church invests uh, a small part in it, and we are so glad that we are part of it. I find in these scriptures three emphases 
related with church planting. And the Lord showed it to me to show it to you. All right. So I, I think you have the notes there, hopefully. Um, and uh, um, I like to see first the good emphasis. Okay, there's three emphasis we're going to see. So we're going to start with the good emphasis. Notice verse 9, please. What we're going to see in the next following verses, the wonderful good emphasis in the Bible. Notice, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that called upon him. Notice the last verse there, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now as we see these... Um, Emphasis. The Apostle Paul is emphasizing uh, this wonderful uh, element of, of the gospel. That, you know, this is what we share, you know, with every human being. If you're saved, you know that you need to share the gospel. Be open to share the gospel. This is it. This is the emphasis. This is the good emphasis that we always do. Now, as Christians, we know we have the right good news, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we are justified by grace, have the forgiveness of our sins, and we are waiting for the blessed promise to be with the Lord eternally. This is a great emphasis. This is what we teach. And so uh, the good of this emphasis in church planting is that this message will be taken to a new community where people will be part of the new work, part of a new church, and be saved, change, and grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. As a matter of fact, we are being participating as a church, you know, helping Brother Azarello as he, you know, start churches, you know, on, on, uh, um, on West Coast uh, area. And so we started, uh, we helping him there at uh, uh, Ventura, what is it, um, North Point, uh, Baptist Church, and then the, the, the next one on Ulsnar. We just uh, went there and tried to help. And just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful element there when you go and see and knock doors, new vicinity, and then you take this wonderful uh, emphasis of the, the Bible, the good news, and then you see that, you know, the, the eventually by doing this, the Lord would put together, you know, some people would be touched and then be saved and people will be changed. And I met uh, uh, this uh, second time that I helped Brother Sorello, uh, uh, a gentleman who was saved when we went there the first time at the uh, Ventura uh, uh, church. And uh, he was, uh, I think it's a marshal, uh, police officer. He uh, got saved. And then that day there uh, in Osnar, just recently, uh, he was there winning souls already. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? This is the good emphasis that, you know, uh, as, as we bring it to the people, new communities of believers will start, uh, you know, um, 
building up. Now, the good emphasis, again, this will do. It will, you know, will reach people, souls, and people will be changed their lives. Now, this is a good emphasis. The um, Apostle Paul proudly said in verse 8, notice verse 8 here. He says, but what, what saith it, the word is not thee, notice, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And then he says the following, that is the word of faith which we preach. This is what we preach. This is you know, the emphasis that we take to the need uh, of different communities that we uh, have, as uh, Brother Weaver was uh, saying, there are so many uh, cities uh, with this great need of this wonderful, good emphasis that we have in the Bible about, you know, uh, what we preach. You know, uh, that is the, uh, what the Bible said, that is the war of faith which we preach. So our churches, our gatherings, and every time we encounter any um, believer that you, uh, you know, that they should be, uh, or our emphasis should be that they should be saved. They should be, uh, you know, uh, brought to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the gospel of the Lord, of course, is what makes, uh, you know, move the hearts of people. Now, in church planting, this is a good emphasis, all right, justified by faith. Those who have believed in Jesus will not be ashamed and anybody can receive eternal salvation. Isn't that a wonderful emphasis? That is the, you know, the precious message that we preach. And that's where we go, you know, uh, preaching the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The good emphasis. Now, uh, now, secondly, we have the sad emphasis. And I want you to read verse 14, please. Now, notice. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Now, when I read this part, you know, the good emphasis and then face away. And this question and this next emphasis. All right. In church planting, uh, the emphasis, the how is sad emphasis that brings so many people down, not, but not to their knees, but to their disbelief. People are, you know, uh, using the how emphasis and uh, uh, to question other things. And I, I'll, I'll share with you in a few. Now, notice uh, the, the Apostle Paul says there are, uh, here he mentions uh, there are four obvious emphases here. He says, how shall they call on the Lord? All right. And then if they have not believed, that's the first one. How shall they believe if they have not heard of the Lord? And if they have not believed, you know, how they believe, how shall they believe if they have not heard? Of the Lord, how shall they hear if there there's no preacher, and how shall they preach if there's none to be sent? Isn't that sad? 
You know, uh, as, as, as preacher, um, I see the need of the people. Uh, you know, you see the families that we show in the video. Uh, there's beautiful families trying to find a way to live uh, according to God's will. But how they will find it when there's no one there to share with them and then guide them and counsel them and, and you know, give them the right uh, instructions. And uh, this is the sad part. Now, how shall they hear? Now, but in church planting, the sad emphasis that you often hear from potential church planters is the following. How am I going to do it? They say, how much money do I need to go and, and, and do you know, what the Lord is calling me to do? How many years do I need to build the support in order to start the work? Or how am I supposed to pay for my bills? And how many churches do I need to visit in order to gather what I need? And how, and how, and how? That's the emphasis for potential church planters. And you know, the question is, how will God use you in planting a church if you don't even let God be God in your daily life? Uh, how God would use you if you don't let God be God in your daily needs and your daily studies and in your present responsibilities? There was a, a gentleman who asked me how I did the transition from having a good steady income to start living by faith. And I told the, the, the gentleman, I said, it's very easy, very simple. And I said to him, um, very simple. I said, E-D-C. And he said, what? What is that? I said, um, E stands for uh, excuses, and D stands for drama, and C stands for complaints. So I said, I stop excuses, I stop dramas, and I stop complaining. And you know, these... Um, um, three uh, E's, and I said to him, even if you don't want to forget them, all right, let's even put it this way. Use everything done correctly so you will remember better. Everything done correctly. And you know, when, when it comes to the point of the young person that the Lord will use to start a new work or start a new church, uh, this is the question, you know, how do I do to live by faith? You know, having <clears throat> a nice payroll coming, steady, and then make that switch. How, you know, how, how can I do that? And so the counsel for this morning is don't have any excuses. Hello? Don't have any, any dramas. And don't complain. You know, we are in the business of 
living by faith. That is still in the, in the, in the gospel, in the, in the word of God. Living by faith. And uh, yeah, there, there will be times that it will be tough. There will be times that, you know, there will be scarcity food, perhaps nothing. There will be times that, you know, you will uh, go through um, valleys. You will not know what to do, some, you know. But that's part of it. If you, you know, never, how can your faith grow to the next level if you have no hardship, you know, coming to your way? And faith, you know, uh, uh, comes as you live and, and, and serve the Lord in the field, not just by sitting, not by just waiting and praying, but it's working and rolling our sleeves. That's how faith will, will grow. My faith in these 18 years have grown, all right, because I, you know, I, I allow the Lord to really use my life for that matter. And uh, I had a family to feed. I had, you know, children, four children. And uh, uh, we were six, we were seven in our home, you know, to be fed. And uh, having a, a nice, you know, $120,000 uh, a year, you know, coming as, as, as a payroll and then all of a sudden stop and then living by faith, this is a tremendous step. But that's, you know, how the Lord would use uh, your life in my life so that we can reach those people that are in great need. We have the great emphasis. We have the good emphasis. We have the gospel. We have the sound doctrine. But the sad thing is when we start asking how, that's the problem. Do you understand? That is a tremendous problem. How? And of course, we need to plan. We need to do things, you know, uh, properly uh, as far as finances and, you know, leaving no debts. And, you know, when you go out and serve the Lord in that capacity, and I encourage you not to have any debts and things like that. And that's good. And then plan. But don't ask the Lord, you know, how in details. Because there's a lot of things that, uh, that you're going to experience in serving the Lord that in college you will never hear it. Until you go out and work and be at it. Until then you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, acquainted with those elements. So, um, so this person would always say to me, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm scared to jump into that, uh, you know, uh, boat and take that journey. How am I going to do it? How am I going to feed my, my children? How am I going to do it? Well, uh, how God is going to do it. Basically, that should be the question. Not, not how you're going to do it. It's how God is going to use you. And through you, the Lord can accomplish what he has for you. Amen? So, um, so stop, stop um, uh, uh, you know, having excuses. Stop um, having dramas and, and, and complaints. Uh, that would not help you. As a matter of fact, the how is a sad emphasis that would ultimately rely on others. Notice verse 15, please. And uh, the Bible says, and how shall they preach 
except they be sent. As it is written, notice, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now notice how good, the Bible says, is beautiful. Notice, of them, the feet of them, not my feet, but of them that preach the word. Do you understand that? It's relying, the emphasis here is relying on somebody else who's doing it. And he's beautifying the feet of those who is doing it, but not his feet or their feet, his own feet. The emphasis is somebody else relying on somebody else. And we clap, we applaud. We exalt those who go to the field as, as missionaries in the, because they go and then you know, they leave the comfort zone. I mean, the comfort zone or the life that they have here in, these, in the States. And they go and launch out you know, uh, to live by faith. And we praise them and say, praise the Lord. You know, go, brother, and go, sister. Praise the Lord. Yeah, them, beautiful are their, their feet. So beautiful, but not my feet. Hello, are you hearing? And, uh, you know, the need is, the reason they want, why the Lord saved you, there's a reason for it. All right, there is a tremendous reason. And we need to understand the reason of God to save you and keep you here still on the earth so that he can use you for his honor and glory if you want to be used of God. So, how beautiful is to see others go, but not me. I hope there will be a lot of young men uh, being called to, and of course, this is the place where, you know, uh, you're supposed to be called to plant churches and, and start new works and go, you know, uh, uh, new uh, um, uh, countries and start new churches. And, uh, and that's a wonderful place to be in. This is the place where the Lord calls you and the churches. So the sad emphasis. We have the good emphasis, the good doctrine, sound doctrine, and we're always going to be uh, taking it to communities. But the sad emphasis is the how when that question comes. And let the how, I believe, to the Lord so that he can be glorified through your life. Thirdly, the lamentable emphasis. The lamentable emphasis in verse 16. This is really sad. Now notice. Uh, the lamentable emphasis. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, of course, the lamentable emphasis. You know, I find very lamentable and very uh, sad that when it comes to the point of being obedient and doing God's will is a lamentable point in the life of every Christian because they think uh, uh, serving God in terms of the material elements, not in the spiritual elements. And that's why they, they put themselves obstacles for not to fulfill God's will. 
And that's lamentable. As I was saying, we live by faith. We do the work of the Lord by faith. You know, um, as I was saying that my faith had grown, uh, we were <clears throat> at the um, building, the first building that we um, uh, rented. Uh, the first building we rented there, uh, 2808 West Temple. We, we rented that building for 12 years. And since we started the, the church, I told the people, one day we're going to have a building. You know, I have learned from Pastor Chapel, uh, his vision, and uh, I always, you know, he's my mentor, he's my model uh, to follow, and uh, I try to emulate him in whatever he does uh, in this place, and then to follow. It's a miniature, you know, uh, Lancaster Baptist Church going on there in Los Angeles. And so trusting the Lord, you know, living for the Lord, and uh, uh so I started explaining to the people, we're going to start saving because we're going to get, you know, uh, eventually a building. So 12 years later, we have saved $300,000. That was the time that, you know, uh, by, great, by the grace of God, we <clears throat> secure a building right about two blocks away from where we were, uh, we were renting. And then eventually uh, the Lord... Um, allow us to have and purchase that building <clears throat> for uh, $800,000 that time. So it's been about six years that this has, uh, you know, passed. And uh, now we are selling the building <clears throat> at 2.1 mil because we want to, you know, expand. We have a school now. We have uh, a Christian school. We have, uh, you know, many ministries. Uh, unfortunately, you can see... <clears throat> In the video, and that's what you know. This this is about. It's a promotion, promotional video, so that we can raise a um, million dollar more, so that we can have two and a half million in our hands, so that we can purchase the next uh, building. <clears throat> and so the Lord is is you know leading us to this uh, uh, beautiful uh, building uh, that uh, it's triple of our size. And uh, um, that, you need a lot of faith for that. And of course, you know, the, the growth of that faith is while we are doing it. You can never explain, you can never measure uh, faith unless you are there to work and live it. So <clears throat> if you want to see great things happen in your life, don't beautify <clears throat> the feet that do it. All right? You should be one of those feet. Amen. And I encourage you and challenge you to come out from your, um, you know, uh, comfort zone. I was there a long time ago. I had my business. All right. I had, you know, as a matter of fact, when, when Pastor Chapel was <clears throat> starting the Los Angeles Baptist Church in the first year, <clears throat> I was serving, you know, in the, um, as a deacon in, this, uh, in the church. I had my own uh, class, couples class. I, <clears throat> it was packed. Uh, I, I was captain of the uh, bass route in Palmdale. I started that route uh, a long time ago. And uh, <clears throat> I was bringing close to 100 and more, more over than 100 uh, people to the church. All right. And then I was really busy doing a lot of things in my business. 
<clears throat> and I, I used to hear uh, <clears throat> at that time uh, Pastor Chapman announcing, and we're going to start a new church in, in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, Los Angeles, for me, that was pretty much my home too. And that was where my business was. Uh, to me, it was like normal. You know, okay, Pastor Chapman's going to start, you know, a new work. All right, so what? You know, I was not really uh, paying attention. But little did I know that the Lord would uh, choose me to do this work. And uh, I graduated from um, uh, Bible college. And then I came to pastor and I said, you know, pastor, I'm, I'm done with my studies. Uh, can you help me start a church? By the way, I was in the two years in, in Bible college when they all called me uh, to plant the church in chapel. The preacher was preaching and then he was, you know, screaming and saying, we need new churches and, you know, in all these areas and <clears throat> in Los Angeles and we need uh, young men to, you know, come out. And I was 32 years old. Let me see. I was 42. I was 40. Now, uh, I'm still young, I know. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm thriving for the Lord right now. But I was, and I, when the Lord called me, I said, Lord, I'm here. If you, if you, you know, want to use me, I, I'm here. I'm available. And the Lord broke my heart there. He called me to be, uh, to, to start a church, at, 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 you know, about a college. Then when I, 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 I graduated, I came to pastor and I said, can you help me start a church? And he said, yeah. And then my heart was in East LA. There was a lot of people there. And I, I said, uh, Pastor, is East LA. The Lord is you know, uh, uh, guiding me there. And he said, whatever you want, you want to do it, you know, I'll help you. And then, uh, and then he, said, he said, I suggest you that you would you know, take the challenge and go just visit you know, Los Angeles. Just you know, go and pray and you know, just go and see the area. We have we secure a uh, place there. You know, um, we are uh, paying the rent there. And so go ahead. And so I went and took a you know, survey. And hey, you know, I mean, I'm being all my life in, in Los Angeles. All right. I've been living here in Los Angeles for 35 years. All right, pretty much. And more than 37 years, actually. Now, that time when the when pastor said, you know, just just go and pray around the area. And I started, you know, uh, driving around the area where uh, the church was. And the Lord started really pricking my heart. And then revealing things that I could never seen before. Because now intentionally... My eyes and my heart was meeting together. And now I was not thinking about Los Angeles being just the place where I work or where I do my business. But I started to see over that or beyond that. And I started to see the people and their needs. And the Lord started talking, you know, to my heart. And then I was starting, you know, as I was driving, the Lord, you know, convicted me. And the Lord just breaking my heart and just, I was in tears. And the Lord said, this is the place, Sarah. 
this is the place. And you know, until you do something of that nature, personal, personal, it would never have a meaning. It has to be personal, intentional, so that you can understand what God wants for you. And uh, the Lord touched my heart. And then I came to pastor and I said, Pastor, there's something about there. And he said, keep on praying. And I spent a month praying about what would be the will of God. You know, if you're seeking to do the will of God, uh, make sure that you don't ostracize God when he's speaking to you, when he's pricking your heart, when he's showing you something uh, clear, all right, about your person, about how can you be used in his hand. And you'll, you'll, you'll understand it because this is very particular. God is not going to do it for the next person. Uh, he's going to do it to you. And uh, very clearly, you'll see, you'll sense it, you'll understand it because it's your calling. And so pay attention to what the Lord is, is telling you, how when you come to, you know, uh, chapel, as I heard, you know, uh, listen to this preacher, and I, I, I was broke down, and then the Lord spoke to me. Then I do the right inquiring, you know, the right uh, uh, counseling with people. And so uh, with pastor, he channeled the whole thing. And then the Lord confirmed this three times that I was the one. By the way, my English that I was speaking is not this English that I'm speaking to you. It was different. It was chopped. At least you, you're listening to me right now. And I can read King James now in the English. You know, it was really broken. And now the Lord is, you know, uh, put in my heart that to start the, the work. And I said, Lord, you know, I, my English is not that good. You know, my, you know I, the English, the common English, you know, uh, the people speak. And, you know, any literature that is not Bible, you know, 1611. I mean, I, to me, that was, that was over my head. And to me, that was overwhelming to, to do that. But you see, even with those obstacles, the Lord convinced me in my soul that I was the one who would use me in that work. And right now, you know, since we started the, the church, you know, now the church is trilingual. Well, I don't speak Korean. But, uh, the, you know, the other language is Korean, Spanish, and English. Only God can do that. Only God can do that by his grace. And so I encourage you to, um, to pay attention to what the Lord has for you and be cautious not to ostracize God and his calling in your life. All right? We have the good emphasis, and we need to go and take it. We have the said emphasis of, you know, people that, you know, we, I hear a lot of, you know, but how, how are we going to do it? How are we going to accomplish that? Always that sad, you know, element there or the emphasis. And then thirdly, the, 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 the lamentable emphasis. You know, I, I see a lot of um, people 
they are called to be uh, servants of the Lord, but they run away from God. Maybe they are seating some already young people. They are already called to serve the Lord. Maybe you know, starting new churches. Maybe starting new works. And I, I get it. Okay, you need to be trained under someone, and that's good. All right, but. Make sure that that dream or that call would not fade away. Because it's you, the Lord, is calling you. By the way, we are living in the unique times, very unique times. There's a lot of millennials that are not being reached. And I see a lot of millennials here. That God can use your life to make a difference. I'm praying that in our church, you know what I mean, even in downtown area, the, the demographic is literally changing there. We see a lot of Caucasian people coming in. There's a lot of, you know, all these uh, uh, Hispanic people living in that area. They're going out. It's a new genre. The whole thing is changing. Pretty much is literally becoming like New York. You know, that the people will live in the in uh, uh, the city, uh, the, the wealthy people will live in the city, and then the poor people will be, live in the outskirts. You know, the wealthy people. And that's what's going on in our area. So I encourage you, some of you, we are praying for 70 men. 70 men. We already started a new work in East LA, all right? And we are, you know, uh, looking at starting next year another work in South Central. And uh, we are, you know, training uh, young people to, to go out and then, you know, to take over. I'm getting old. And eventually I would need, you know, someone to, to come along and, and, and do the work there and have the same dream. And then uh, for that 70 men, I asked the Lord, please give me 70 men, Lord, that we can change, at least, you know, uh, make a dent in Los Angeles uh, area. There's so, we're talking about five to eight um, million people in the area. And uh, I, I can tell you uh, right now, the millennials of these days right now is a new um, statistic, new information is coming, all right, that the, the millennial of today, they think the spiritual is about... Um, uh, unicorns and yoga. For them, that's spiritual life. All right? They have no clue, no idea what a spiritual life is. And so I encourage you um, that some of you will be called and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God when he calls you. And please, make sure that you will not be doing the sad emphasis, much less the lament. That eventually you would maybe, you know, end up your life lamenting that you did not do the will of God when, you ha- when you're supposed to have done it. And, you know, living by regrets is the greatest sad element in the life of a person. Don't leave regretting and lamenting. I encourage you to finish strong <clears throat> for, the, for the Lord. 
It is true that there are millions upon millions of people that had not obeyed the gospel. And yes, they will go to hell if they uh, um, obeyed not the gospel. In this context, in verse 16, uh, in, in this context, we see that the, uh, we see two groups. We see the unbeliever and we see the believer. Okay? There are two kinds of people that the Bible speaks here. The unbeliever who disobeys to believe in the gospel and the believer who disobeys to take the gospel. This is what it is, you know, imply here. And this is the lamentable element. So we, um, you know, usually complain why the world is so much in darkness. We complain. But we fail to see that the presence of darkness in the world is the missing of our own lights in the cities. So the darkness that you see that you don't want to see, perversion, all filth that, that is going on, it could be perhaps our own failing of doing God's will. Because we don't do God's will. We always see our, you know, doing the will of God are always, and if it's convenient for me, what is there for me? And so I hope you don't end up your life lamenting and emphasizing the lament element in your life. I encourage uh, all of you this morning, ladies, to be godly ladies, all right, and first God, don't put first marriage, put God first, and you came to be trained, young men, you have a call, and I know that sometimes, you know, uh, you know, people go different uh, venues and, and, and they're calling. And I pray that that would not be your case. In my case, I didn't, you know, falter. Just the Lord called me. For me, it's Los Angeles. So be it. Now it's been 18 and it's been great. And then, you know, the joy to be in the center of the will of God. Such a wonderful feeling is that, you know, it's such a wonderful feeling. And I pray that that will be the case in everyone here this morning. And I hope that you end up well. Take the good emphasis to the new communities and don't use the sad emphasis. Amen. How are we going to do? God will do it. All right. And don't lament and finish strong. And I pray that Lord would help us to accomplish God's will. Let us pray.